0: Hey, you're listening to The Real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom sessions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh, maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you've got this. Alright, here we are. I'm so glad you guys are here today. Um, You're going to be excited when I'll tell you who's here. Long time no chat with this girl. Um, Carrie, all the way from Houston or suburb thereof, is here with us today. Carrie,
1: how are you? Hey, Kathy. I'm good. Thanks for having me back.
0: So it's funny, we were just talking before we hit record that Carrie is sitting in her closet and I am hiding in my bedroom under the covers and <laughs> so the things we have to do to record a podcast. Yeah. To did I on. ever
1: tell you <laughs> did I ever tell you that John Michael, my husband, put a deadbolt on the inside of my closet so I can lock so, actually lock myself in my closet.
0: And it's kind oh, of amazing. I think <laughs> that is the best thing ever. I think every mom can right? get that as a baby present is a deadbolt inside her closet. <laughs> yes. Yes. Just when mommy needs oh a little reader, you know? <laughs> that is I right, and they probably bang the door down. I mean, they're like, bang, 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 but they can do nothing about it.
1: Yeah, um, or the little
0: finger. Awesome. the door. It's so good. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and I don't know, but see, here's the thing. It's hilarious that when your kids get old enough that they don't do that, the animals then pick up, and they start doing it. Like, the dogs try to follow me into the bathroom now and everywhere. I'm like, seriously, people? I just got people to stop doing it, and now the dogs are doing it. So. Seems oh like my goodness. Mom, you're a mom to everyone and everything, and everybody wants yes. to be all up in your business everywhere.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, my
1: husband and I, we were kind of chatting about um, what would it, and now this is not going to happen, um, but what would it look like if we wanted to just live in an RV for a couple years? Like, would that be a possibility? Yeah. Um, and he was like, Do you really? do we really want this many people and animals in that small of a space like honey <laughs> we are living in that small of a space
0: yeah i don't think it matters how everyone the house is mm-hmm.
1: yes two
0: dogs three children
1: and they're within 10 feet of me at all times all the time all the time, mm-hmm. all the time.
0: yeah it's, it's so true it is so true it yeah. does not matter how many you have and I mean, now once they're teenagers, of course, they spread out and move over, but the younger ones are still right there all the time. Right well, there. I, I mean, thought it would be fun as I was trying to plan out, plan out, which is hilarious to me and planning don't usually go together. But I tried to think <laughs> through podcasts and what we should do and definitely passed in my mind and thought, you know what, we've not talked in a while, definitely not podcasted together, and everyone would probably love to hear what's going on in your family and just what I think is fun is your honest heart and how you share I appreciate that. I appreciate your honest questions, and you ask the questions that I think so many women want to know the answers to, but they one don't have my phone number, and two, you know, (laughs) don't have a way to ask them. So you get that. Yeah, and note to self:
1: don't give me your phone phone number if you don't actually want a phone call.
0: (laughs) I mean, I admit I did start taking my phone number off my business card.
1: After, after I met Gary Vosick.
0: <laughs> no, no. But I did have to remove it because it was like, oh, those are really, it's great. And I love talking to moms and women, but there were a lot of calls coming in there for a while. And I thought, you know, I end up writing it on the card anyway, so I don't know what matters. I'll take it because here's my phone number. But, um, but it's not funny. <laughs> That's what happens
1: when you have so many good, encouraging things to tell us. You
0: can get there phone calls go. from us. We'll say that's it. That's the thing. So <laughs> speaking of, all right, fill us in. Where are the kids right now? What are they doing? Tell everybody what's going on. So we have
1: ice in Houston, which is crazy. Um, we've had two ice days. So my husband's home, and he has them in the other room playing. We have a fire in the fireplace, um, and it's just it's been a fun couple of days. Um, but yeah, since we talked talked last, um, a lot has happened. We had a hurricane here, uh, we had snow here. It's just been kind of kind of bonkers around here.
0: All over um, the so, place, yeah.
1: I know, and uh, and you know, I was thinking, so I was like, okay,
0: what
1: what's happened since since we chatted last? And it's like, man, it was really before before the hurricane, which seems crazy. Um, and then just kind of thinking about that and I was like, my kids even just recently will make comments about the hurricane and, and kind of processing that. Like, um, they'll say things, they'll say things like, mom, mom, is it raining? Cause we're going to have another hurricane. Mom, is it going to flood? And I'm like, like our home didn't flood, but I realized walking through all of that for these little people. Even even though we had no didn't take on water, it was a lot for their little
0: brains. And it, and it will. Them. You'll, you'll probably see trauma, some sort of those trauma triggers for a long time. I would say. Um, yeah. It's amazing how it will stick with them, and they will ask questions. I remember when I was managing a preschool, we had this huge oak tree. It was a beautiful sunny day, and this huge oak tree just fell, and it fell on top of a teacher's car, and. Not very far from falling on a child that didn't, but um, many children were outside and saw it. And for weeks and months, these kids would ask when they'd go outside on walks, is that tree going to fall? Are we okay? Like, we had to take a field trip around and start shaking the trees. We hugged the trees, basically, so they could see that not every tree was going to fall on them. So it really did create fear in a lot of them. So, you know, I would say even with that, be lighthearted the next time it rains, go out and play in the rain and, you know, let them see Mm -hmm. the rain can is for good for the most part and that it is rare that it is something tragic like it was there. Yeah. I yeah. And I, I thought it was interesting too, because they, it was
1: such a part of their play for so long. You know, my kids love to play in the rain. They love to play in the mud. And so they would make like frog habitats and, and they would make special safety features so that it would catch the water and, And to watch them kind of walk that out in their play was just kind of, kind of fascinating because I've never lived through something like this. So it was just, it was very interesting to see that,
0: but, so yeah, we did that. And that's another one where uh, book book writing is good too. You know, it's a good time for them to journal out those thoughts. Um, Yeah. Any of those kind of situations that happen that are unusual, just have them journal that out so they can go back and read about it. Remember when we made the book about that, let's go back and read that book and see how he felt and, you know, just getting it out. The goal is always to get whatever was in there. Whether that's what play does too. Play gets it out of what's inside. So many times in pretend play, if you just sit and watch, that's what's happening. You know, they're getting out what their thought processes are about a certain, a certain event, a certain place, a certain person. It's fascinating to see how they. So do you find anyway, that like,
1: if there's just something especially bugging them, that yes. that's a good that just even just journaling
0: about Absolutely. that too, like having them dictate to you. you. Yep. And if you say, tell me a story, tell me a story about a little boy who felt that way. You can even put it in third person and often they'll tell the story about someone else when it's really their mm-hmm. own thoughts. But giving them permission to do that um, and- is powerful for them. Yeah. That's awesome,
1: okay what about um what about when they're a little bit Because, You know my youngest is like two and a half, and she started to be super fearful in the middle of the night um, and so she she's talking, but not actually you might hear her in just a minute um she's she's talking, but not super, super verbal. are there? good ways to help her walk through nighttime fears when I don't know
0: what the nighttime fears are? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I do think for those children, whatever the situation, you almost have to be their voice. You might not always get it right, but you know she's fearful, right? She's waking up. So you identify that and then you help, again, two things, be lighthearted about it. I mean, not make fun of a being fearful. I mean, it's honest and true. You feel how you feel, you know, got two and a half. So you honor it, but then you say things like, oh, mommy's, or daddy's come in, whoever has come in, and we have secured the area. And every night you go in and you do safety checks and feel, you know, silly, say, all good. You know, happy thoughts only. And, this is when I told um, – I know I've talked about the dream pony before, but I am telling you that dream pony has done miracles for so many kids that I've introduced that to. Just as they go to bed, talk about the dream pony taking, their, taking them somewhere positive, like the dream pony, and it can be rainbow-colored if they like that. It can be pink if they like that, and their pony, they can – you know, make their pony any way they want, name their pony. He's going to come pick her up in her sleep and take her to somewhere magical. It could be the candy store. It could be Disney World. It could be, you know, Africa, whoever, wherever she wants to go. And then you set the tone for her as she goes to sleep. And then first thing in the morning, you ask her, where did you go? I can't wait to hear where you went. And sometimes just setting that intention with her of positive thoughts as she goes to bed will help calm her fears and, You'll be amazed. I mean, I have seen lots of great results from something as simple as that. Um, but also, if she does wake up in the middle of the night, that is the time. I mean, I know every parent has a different opinion. Some put them straight back to bed. But that's just not me. I am definitely more uh, tenderhearted and more, you know, I will walk them and go check again, you know, do the safety check again. But, for being honest, we get exhausted. It's exhausting to do that every single night. Um, but I think it's short-lived if you can approach it. Dream Pony, safety safe check, or whatever you want to call it, and then just reassuring them and going. And and then you can have them maybe make a book, even though she doesn't have a lot of words, she might have some words that she can just get out and put it on paper. And even just the practice of her saying, me was scared. You write that down. Me was scared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happened? Oh, you know. Pony or something. I she might have a couple words and you might go, Oh, the dream pony. Did the dream come, pony come get you? Ask her some open ended questions. Yes. And then turn it into a positive if you can by the end of the time. Okay. Help her do that. You know, she's not, again, you're going to have to almost be her words until she has words. Honor her fear, but then, um, but then just try and help her move through it with your own stories, with your own elaboration, you know, by asking questions, but, I mean, you don't want to say leading, but at the same time, because she's not as verbal, um, you're going to have to lead to some degree. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, totally. That's really helpful. All right. Well, you a try tonight.
1: See how it goes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and let me know. <laughs> here, but, um, but, but again, throughout childhood, don't try and take away how kids feel. I think as parents, we hate it when they feel sad or scared or mad, and we want to we want to stop it. We want to stop the behavior, and really we should try and go to the root of it. The behavior, again, behaviors are just information, right? That's just information to help us. Don't judge so much on behavior. Just see it as information and be curious. What is that for? Mm-hmm. What can I, how can I help? And give them permission to feel that way. I see it. And acknowledge it. Wow, I see you're angry. Wow, I see you're sad. Wow, I see you're scared. Let's talk about that. I see you're happy. Oh, look at you. You know, but acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Too, and that helps them move through it. Just by acknowledging okay. it sometimes.
1: Okay, now all going right. off of that, one of the other yeah. things that is such a big piece of our life right now, because the bigger two are five and seven and great buddies, but oh, the amount of bickering and fighting and even with the even with the two year old, the two year old totally gets in on it and and is often an instigator. Um, but that that bickering and fighting. So when the behavior, like I love that you say that, that behavior is just information. When that behavior though is directed toward a sibling, how do you like just to best address that? Because I feel, I feel like my entire day. Oh. Is like crowd control.
0: It's like, please. <laughs> All right, let's break so this up true. And again. this is, where, let's break this this is again. where I want to go back to my first interaction with you. Do you want my spiritual answer or my real answer? Um, <laughs> my, my real answer is karma is a bitch. And that, you know, it's just, it's just real life. When <laughs> you were so unkind to someone, that that is going to hurt you in the end, right? If we can just teach them that at a young age, that if you would just be nice, that really does work better for you. But somehow they can't get that at that young age, you know, and remembering that, for especially your youngest, she's still just now too young to even understand sharing and that kind of stuff. So the oh, older two, yeah. it is I tell you, I think if I solved this, I'd probably have my own TV show um, working with young kids because I still haven't solved it. I mean, you know, we have, you know, we still have that issue with older kids. And what I will tell you first, this, this is a scene down the road a little bit. It is interesting because two of my kids, the older one picked on the younger one for years. And finally, the younger one was old enough to defend, and then they became the, the aggressor. You know, they wanted to pay back for all those years of being picked on, and neither are good, neither are healthy. And so for me, I try hard just to help them understand your actions have consequences. Everyone's actions have consequences. When you are kind, for example, if you we took a day and we made it, Player day, and all day, everybody like shared with her. They were kind with her. They we made we were intentional about loving her. Um, they would see some great results if they were you know intentional about to one another serving one another, take, giving them their food, you know those kind of things, pointing it out every chance you get. Wow, when you shared your toy with her, look how happy you made her. Wow, when you helped her tie her shoe, look at her smile. Wow, when you decided that she could have a turn with that ball, look what happened. Wow, look what happened when you, like, just punched her because she made you angry. Mm -hmm. Pointing it out and letting them be aware of it. I mean, you'll hear all kinds of tricks, like, you know, tying them up, put them in one T-shirt, make them sit there. I mean, (laughs) I always make, I do feel Like, when mine are in the middle of bickering. So many times I will go and go freeze, like do a freeze tag, and they'll stare at me, and then I'm like, all right, now hug each other. Don't, you can't laugh. You have to, you can't smile. You just sit in the hug. And they hate it, and then they start laughing. And so it diffuses the situation more. Um, I don't know that there are great ways to solve it. I think part of it is developing interpersonal relationship skills, and I think that's what we're teaching the kids by them arguing and Mm -hmm. working it out and compromising. So I do think it's a lot of effort on our part, and I think a lot of it is, okay, what could you do to make this better? Okay, what could you do differently next time? I think it's exhausting for us, but I think if we help walk them through as much as we can, we will eventually get empathetic kids. Or we won't. I mean, there's no guarantee, right? This isn't a guarantee thing, parenting. But, right. I mean, I wish it was. But our hope is oh, for real. that we get we get adults who, A, understand that their behavior has consequences, that, B, we get adults who are empathetic, that understand true empathy and sympathy for others. Mm-hmm. They're not so egocentric and entitled And I think that so many times our children feel entitled to whatever it is, the snack of their choice, the TV show of their choice, the toy of their choice. And I think if we can help them just focus on others, focus on others, focus on others is just the way to do it, even in a sibling relationship. You make your sister's Mm -hmm. bed for the next week. You take her dish, take it from the table, and you clean it up to serve her like that. Those things. I'm even thinking it, it, with, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh,
1: okay. Um, well, I'm thinking, like, my oldest, Noah, loves being, he loves, like, kind of being secretive, being kind of sneaky with, not not with bad things, but with good things. Like, yes. it could be really fun to be like, hey, we're going to play a little game and I want you to come here and, and make tally marks when you do something kind, and we're just going to do it secretly and talk about what what changes you see. Like, he could really get excited about something like that.
0: Well, it's kind of like the things like the love there that people had for couples, right? Or the dare yeah. and Bear's book on manners. If you've ever read that book on manners, it's hilarious. It's one of my kid's absolute favorites. But the premise is true. I mean, what they do in the book is they – you know the the mamas habit, it. She's like, we're gonna have manners, or you know, we're gonna beat each other up. Something we're gonna have manners, and so they the kids decide to go to the extreme, right? Oh, excuse me, sister. Oh, pardon me, brother. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> and it's like this total. You know, they think they're being so funny by like, being extreme, and then they get in the habit of being polite and, and being kind to one another. And it, it's really true, isn't it? I mean. And then also remembering what we model. I mean, we have to be careful what we model. It is terrifying to see your children behave just like you. It's mm-hmm. You know, sarcasm. If you're sarcastic, they're going to be sarcastic. If you are short-tempered, they're going to be short-tempered. If you yell at people as you're driving down the road and then you go to teach them to drive and you wonder why they're impatient, oh, huh, they've just spent 15 years in your car watching you drive. You know, so... Right. They really do, and while we probably don't have our siblings in the same house to fight, we do have spouses, we do have friends, we are on the phone talking about friends. How do we treat others? It's huge. It's convicting, but it's so true. Mm -hmm. If we are gossipers, our kids are going to be gossipers. If we are selfish, our kids are going to I mean, again, no guarantees, but modeling, we all know, modeling behavior is powerful. So how do you handle when you argue with John Michael? Not that you ever do. I know you're already perfect cute little kind. Right. But, it, but you know. <laughs> but what does mm-hmm. that show them? What does that show them? And that's um I think that's powerful even in sibling relationships. And remembering that I think sibling relationships set them up for future spouses. You know, for I do believe they get in habits, they form habits young about how they treat the people in their own home. Mhm. So I don't know. I don't have the, the exact answer, but I know those are the things we do. Well, that's
1: helpful. I love it. I really love it. Um, and it just okay. So it triggered my mind to this is us. Have you? Did you watch last night's episode?
0: Okay, this is us, right? I think say, someone has been secretly watching my life and has put it on TV. I mean, there's so many things. I'm sure. So no, seriously. Say that, but it, so many things, right? Did you watch yeah, it I last night? Last it. night's new episode. I did. Oh my gosh, her whole
1: thing about like, I'm going to give them a reason, like, at least they'll have a reason to go to therapy or whatever. Like, what's the the thing that you always say? Like, oh yeah. We're keeping counselors (laughs) in business or whatever. Like, she, she like said, I'm like, that's Kathy. Kathy says (laughs) it all the time. We are keeping counselors in business. Yeah. I mean,
0: right? I mean, because. There's no perfect parent, and we can all say, I can sit here and say, oh, my gosh, look at me. Well, you know, no, I'm so imperfect. I'm, You know, I, I just had it out with one of my kids the other day. They threw keys on the ground, and I yelled at them, and it was ugly. I mean, we had to have some deep apologies afterwards, you know, but that's mm-hmm. real life. It's not. Whether you fail at it, whether you lose it, it's how you work through your junk because we all have junk, and that's what's mm-hmm. going to define who we are. That's what's going to stay with our kids is, you know what? My mom had that, but she worked through it. She was there to say she was sorry, to admit that it was a bad day, to ask for forgiveness. My you know, dad was there to admit that he had messed up or you know, that, those are going to be the things I believe that makes such a difference in our kids' lives, truly. Not if we mess mm-hmm. up, but how we handle the mess up. Because as they get to yeah. grown-ups, they'll see that everybody messes up. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's been one of the hardest things about
1: being a mom is, is realizing, like, there, there is not necessarily a, a right answer. There is not, um, there's, there's no perfection here. There's no, there's just one step at a time. And there's something like you always say, motherhood is a marathon. And so many moms have said that. And I always took it as hold on tight. This is going to be really hard for a really long time. (laughs) Best of luck. And all of a sudden it hit me like, this is more, This is more than just, it's going to be hard for a really long time. This is, hey, it may feel like you're not making progress for a while, Mm -hmm. but you'll see it later. Yeah. Like, just
0: take one step. Or just do the best you you can in this moment. Yeah, I mean,. Again, I think I really want to put it out there that there's no magic formula to the marathon either. I mean, there's no, like if you're a runner and you type in Hal Hickman, he's going to give you your steps. If you run this many miles these weeks, you will reach your marathon. You'll do it. Motherhood is not like that. It's not like, hey, if you read scriptures to them on Mondays, you sing to them on Tuesdays, you read aloud on Wednesdays, you kiss your spouse in front of them on Thursdays. You're I mean, you don't have that. And, and I right. think that's what's hard for us because we all want what's best for our kids. We want them to grow up and be these healthy, happy, amazing adults. And we think if we just knew the formula, we could do it. Right. But there is no formula. There's only stories of people who've done it before you. There's just me, people like me telling people like you, okay, well, this is how I did it. But who knows if it was right? And somebody else, right. said, well, this is how I did it. And who knows? And we compare our stories. And we encourage each other on this journey and we pray, we pray, we pray, we pray that at the end of it, we have kids who are healthy and happy and living a fulfilled life. I mean, we all do want that, Mm -hmm. but um, it's a lot of just taking one step, putting one step in front of the other and praying we're doing it right. Yeah. You know, and one of the most
1: incredible things as a young mom has been having women like you who have walked before me my own mom and then other a handful of other women who have done this before and last week two weeks ago i was having a couple really hard days and i texted a friend of mine and said hey will you just pray for me today cuz i am i am struggling and she just wrote back incredible encouragement and one of the things she said she said remember that your kids will remember the snuggles on the couch. They will remember you reading books to them. She said, "Grace covers a multitude of wrongs." I'm like, "Oh, oh, thank you." <laughs> and it was. Just I mean, I really such, do think that's how such God encouragement. Made it for it.
0: Yeah, I think that's why God made it where we don't remember our memories when our kids are really they don't you know, when they're really young they don't remember remember them. Because most of mom most moms are met during those real early years. And so God's <laughs> do that. So he just started memory around six or seven when hopefully things are calming down. And we don't believe that because think about mm-hmm. all that we are in those first few years. We are crazy. I mean we are. We're hormones are raising we're crazy. But they do they really do remember the positives so much more than the negatives. And it's interesting. And the older they get, the more they will be able to come back and say, Wow, Mom, I didn't realize. Geez, Mom, I had no idea. And, you know, now I remember that you did that and why you did that. They they get it. Now, and I remember as a kid my mom telling me things like that. And I'm like, whatever. You know, but it is so true. As my kids are growing up and into adulthood, it is it is beautiful to see that they remember those small moments. Those small moments are powerful and even within a day, right, if you've yelled for 12 of the hours, but you snuggled for one, thank goodness they will focus on the one. We'll focus on the 12, but they'll focus on the one.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, indeed. Yeah, there was, sorry, I'm going back to This Is Us again because it's just so amazing. Last week they had that, that moment at the very end when she laid down with him on the floor, and yes. I just
0: yes. wept.
1: Like, yeah. just wept. Like, and, and, and neither one of them, like, I think what was so heartbreaking was neither one of them remembered. But they remembered there was something. Like, just like there's yeah. something there. Like, our memories are there.
0: I'm like, oh Lord. <laughs> it just, it just kind but of. But I do think kind of that me. the, I think it was a good point though also. And what it struck me was you have to realize that's why it's important to know your kids' love language too. What is it that fills your kid's love bucket? You know, it might be time for one kid, and it might be words of affirmation for another kid, and it might be gifts for another kid. And I wondered in that episode, I thought, huh, I wonder if that wasn't his love language. You know, even though he, Mm -hmm. you know, I wonder if he needed something else. Not that she failed him, but I just wonder if that's why he didn't. Because you'll see that in families, right? You'll see where one kid says, this kid was the favorite. This kid was this. And you wonder if that's truly it or if it's just the mom or dad had the number. They knew that kid's love language. It was right. obvious. And so they could meet them there. And they didn't yeah. know this kid's. You know, I just wonder. I don't know. Right. It's something to be, again, be curious. Behavior yeah. should make us curious. It's information. And, um, yeah, and I thought this week was interesting, too, how he went back to spend time with her to see what that was. And, um, mm-hmm. and and that's a good point, too. Our adult kids, while it changes, they do still need us. And as your kids move into adulthood, I've just got um, two that turned 18 this year. And so while they're not adults, I consider my kids adults when they can pay for everything and they no longer have to ask me for money. And that has not happened yet, so <laughs> <laughs> they're not fully adults. And when that happens, we can move into friendship. But, you know, we're kind of, I want to take steps towards that with them, you know, and it is yeah. different. It is a different role as you move. And that's again why it's a marathon because it changes. When you think about marathons running, right? Sometimes it's, you know, you've got the hill that you're facing or the long stretches you're facing. And, and that's how it is with motherhood too. Sometimes it's going to feel like you're just going uphill and sometimes you're kind of coasting downhill and, and it's going to change and it's going to be this journey um, that's unexpected. Sometimes there's going to be, you know, something that you didn't know was right there, but you've got to adjust and. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, I think I always, yeah,
1: I think I always expected that the whole love language thing, that you would just get it with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've talked before, (laughs) Like, Kathy, I hear people all the time saying, you just have to know your child's heart. Like, what does this even mean? (laughs) What are we even (laughs) talking about? Um, because I have one, and you know who it is. Um, <laughs> but I have one who I'm like I, I don't I don't know this child. Like, I I don't I don't get this child. I am missing this child. I like I I've got nothing <laughs> here, and it you walked me through a lot of of moments with this one, but recently. Like within the last, oh, six months or so, it has just clicked into place and I've, we're, we're just in a good groove. It just took time. But I think I was really, really hard on myself. Like there is something wrong with me that I, like, what kind of mother am I that I don't get this kid? Um, and so little, like I should be able to get a little kid, um, and but but this one was just a little, just a little different, not a normal, not like the other kids that I always heard about, you know. And so it it's always, it kind of has taken me off guard that I haven't just automatically known my kids, automatically.
0: And that's interesting, isn't it? Because people would think that especially biological children that you would It'd be that mother's instinct you would just naturally know what to do but I will tell you a little piece of advice and maybe I told you this through that but just for anyone listening who might be feeling that way and this is for any relationship but especially for our children if we can find one thing that we can enjoy together share together it will make a huge difference if we can find you know something um I remember I had a daughter who wanted to go, she loves everything Asian, and she wanted to go to this Japanese festival. And so I surprised her and took her to this Japanese festival. Well, I couldn't care. Oh, man, goodness gracious, not my thing, not my thing at all. But I, you know, could get excited about the food and learning about the food because I'm a foodie, and I think that's fascinating. So I could find a part of that that was interesting to me, you know, so that I could enjoy that with her. So try and find something that you can have in common. If you can you can if you work at it, you can find something in common with almost everyone. It is always kind of my personal goal when I meet people is to just work until I find something that we have in common. It's something we can <laughs> share and talk about. I really do. It's just something I do when I meet new people. And so with your children, if you could do that too, it really does help create opportunity for a bonding moments that aren't there. That just aren't natural I mean some kids are just naturally easier to bond with. They're gonna be you know, have more um, same personality or same interest or whatever than others. So you've got to be intentional about finding something that you can share with every kid. And and those Mm -hmm. are the things, again, they will remember. Maybe it's movie night. That's their thing, snuggling on the sofa with movies. Maybe it's going shopping, and you've got one that will go shopping with you, so you take them shopping whether it's a grocery store or wherever. But finding something, something that's yours with that child Mm -hmm. makes a big difference. Um, I'm nice. alright, well, you're gonna laugh, but we are really, the, we are pretty much out of time. And we will right. cover probably <laughs> what you wanted, but we'll talk again. We'll that do this great. Again really I... soon. Yeah. Um and then hopefully we'll get to see you soon in Texas coming up at Great Homeschool Convention. It's convention season time again. I actually head out next weekend to Destin, Florida. Where are you for heading next weekend? Conference of the year. I'm going down to Destin, Florida to okay. speak at a conference, so. All right, well thanks. Awesome. I'm going to tell everyone goodbye. You want to say goodbye first? All right.
1: Thanks for having me, Kathy. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> right. I'll talk Love to you, you soon. Tomorrow.
0: Okay, bye.
1: Alrighty. Bye